0: Welcome. This is Beth Jones, international speaker and Amazon best-selling author, and I am so glad that you're joining me here today for my podcast. I want to invite you to visit my website at bethjones.net and my Amazon author page at amazon.com forward slash author forward slash Beth M. Jones. Today's podcast topic is an ant and a contact lens, faith. Faith was one of the topics that Jesus talked about most most with his disciples. And we're going to delve into this topic today. Right now I just want to pray and ask God to be here with us and anoint me to encourage you and give you some hope today. God, I just come before you in Jesus name and I just pray that you would anoint me, God, to share your word with the listener to encourage him or her and give them hope. God, I just ask for you to be here with us and bless this time together. And God, I just pray that you would make us people of faith, trusting and believing in you. Just dedicate this podcast to you in Jesus' name, and I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, at first, I want to share this story with you called The Ant and the Context Lens. It's a true story by Josh and Karen Zarandona. And Brenda was this young woman who was invited to go rock climbing, and although she was really scared to do it, she went with her group to a tremendous granite cliff. In spite of her fears, she put on the gear, she took hold of the rope, and she started climbing up that mountain. And she got to this ledge where she could take a breather, and as she was hanging there, her safety rope snapped against her eye, and it knocked out her contact lens. Now I relate a lot to this because I wear contacts and I know without my contacts or my glasses I cannot see very clearly long distances especially. And here Brenda was on this rock ledge with hundreds of feet below her, hundreds of feet above her, and of course she looked and looked hoping the contact lens had landed right there near her but she didn't see it anywhere. Here she was far away from home her sight now blurry, climbing this mountain. And she was desperate and started to get upset, so she prayed to God to help her find it. And when she got to the top of the mountain, a friend helped her to look all over her clothes because sometimes if a contact lens will fall out, it falls on your clothes. There was no contact lens to be found. And Brenda sat down, she was really discouraged, and she waited for the rest of the group to make it up the mountain. Brenda looked out across a range of mountains and thinking of that verse, it says the eye of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. And she thought, God, you can see all these mountains. You know every stone and leaf, and you know exactly where my contact lens is. Please help me. Finally, the group walked down the trail to the bottom of the cliff. And at the bottom, there was this new party of climbers just starting up the face of the mountain. And one of them shouted out, Hey you guys, anybody lose a contact lens? Now that would be amazing and miraculous enough, but do you know why the climber saw it? An ant was moving slowly across the face of the rock, carrying it on its back. Brenda told her father, who is a cartoonist, about this incredible story of the ant her prayer in the contact lens, and when she did that, he drew a cute picture of this ant lugging that contact lens around with the words, Lord, I don't know why you want me to carry this thing. I can't eat it, and it's awfully heavy, but if this is what you want me to do, I'll carry it for you. It would probably do a lot of his good to occasionally say, God, I don't know why you want me to carry this load. I can see no good in it, and it's awfully heavy. But if you want me to carry it, I will. And I just love that story. I think it's a a really great example of faith. Faith was one of the topics that Jesus talked about the most with his disciples. And he asked them a lot of times, Where is your faith? Why are you afraid? Why do you have doubt? He addressed them, Where was their faith when he healed the, the boy with epilepsy? He asked them why they were scared, why they were afraid when they were in a storm on the lake, and challenged them when the crowd needed to be fed with the, the loaves and the fish that the little, little boy had. All his disciples could think of was how much it was going to cost to feed the crowd. Faith pleases God, and he responds with delight to it. Yet the Bible tells us in James two fourteen 14-17, faith without works is dead. Now, what does this mean? God requires legwork. He wants you to have faith, but he also wants you to take action. In Matthew 14, 22 to 33, we learn about Jesus telling Peter to step out of the boat on the raging waters where Jesus was walking on the water. Peter could not stay in his comfort zone in the boat with the other disciples. Jesus wanted to show Peter his power. He wanted to show Peter that he could walk on the water just like his master did because if you have faith and trust in God, you can do anything. He wanted Peter to trust and obey him, to not be afraid, but to have faith and to get out of the boat of his fears and his doubts and do the miraculous. God wants to do the same thing in and through us. No other disciple did this feat. Peter did. And yes, if you read the story, he began to sink when he took his eyes off of Jesus and looked around at the winds and waves. He got scared, but Jesus quickly caught him up and saved him. Yet Peter was the distinguished disciple who walked on the water just like Jesus. God loves a faith-filled heart, but he's also given us common sense, intelligence, and wisdom. The Bible says if a man doesn't work, neither will he eat. And that's found in 2 Thessalonians 3.10. A family can fervently pray for a miracle all day long. They can pray till they're blue in the face. But if the husband or wife won't go get a job, they're not going to have food to eat, a house to live in, a car to drive, or bills to pay off. This is what the Bible says. If a man will not work, neither should he eat. And the Bible also says in James 2.16, If we say to someone, go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? God is a very practical God. Faith must be coupled with action, with good works. God uses people and their abilities to answer prayers practically on earth. Now, I can have all the faith in the world to be a Christian public speaker and author, but if I don't get the professional training that I need, if I do not hone and sharpen my skills by practicing speaking like I'm doing right now, sharing this podcast, if I don't sharpen my writing skills, if I don't share with other people that I speak and I'm an author, which is marketing. I'm not going to get any speaking opportunities and I'm not going to sell any books. I have to intentionally purpose in my heart to do these things to succeed and prosper. And that is my one word for 2017, intentional. My faith must be salted with deliberate, targeted, effective action to get good results. And so must yours. In the book of Exodus, we see the children of Israel. They are enslaved. They're, they're slaves in Egypt under Pharaoh. And God had sent Moses to deliver them. Now if the Israelites had sat around all day long and all they did was eat their onions and their leeks and their garlic and they whined and griped and complained about how hard their lives were and they refused to get up and walk out of Egypt when Pharaoh had already told them to go... After that final plague of death of the firstborn and the Egyptians, they would have never been set free. They would have remained in their slavery, in their captivity, under the harsh taskmasters, building with the clay bricks under the relentlessly hot sun and under the whips of those taskmasters that were so cruel to them. They have been praying fervently for God to deliver them, asking for his help. But it was only when the Israelite children began to move that they experienced their sweet deliverance. Momentum changes your life. Yes, faith pleases God. It touches His heart. But your action is what activates the power. And I love this quote by Susie Kessum, who wrote, Rise Up and Salute the Sun. She said, When you find yourself in the thickness of pursuing a goal or dream, stop only to rest. Momentum builds success. So what is it that you're believing for in this year in 2017? I have an author friend, Liz Zacharias, who told me that believe is her one word for this year. And yet the Bible says we do well to believe. Even the demons believe and tremble. And that's found in James 2.19. Or, as Yoda says in Star Wars, do or do not try. There is not, There is no try. Also, James 1.22 says, But be doers of the word and not hearers only. Don't just be a believer. You also have to Do. The Bible says if we are doers of the word, if we're only hearers of the word, but not doers, we deceive ourselves. God wants you to be a hearer, a listener of his word, as well as a doer. I want to share a personal story of faith from my own life. Several years ago, our landlords, where we lived at this beautiful Victorian house, they decided they were going to sell the house. They were missionaries in a foreign land, and it was really too expensive and too aggravating to keep coming back, to look after the house. It was too demanding on their time and their money. Now, we didn't have a lot of time to find a new place to live, but it sold very quickly. And I was panicking at the thought of us being homeless. Ray, me, our three kids, and at that time, our youngest daughter, Leah, was a toddler, or I would have visions of us living in our car, in our SUV. Ray and I prayed in faith, asking God for his favor and his help for us to find a new place to live. But I couldn't just pray. That wasn't enough. I had to take action. I had to do the legwork that was necessary for us to find a new place to live. We told people about our need. I looked in the papers for rental houses, rental apartments, and I went to look at them. And at the midnight hour, as God so often works in my life to teach me patience, faith, and trust, we found a brand new three-bedroom townhouse that had an upstairs and downstairs with central heat and air and a garage in a nice neighborhood. And on top of that, it was at a price we could afford. It was perfect for us at that time. It was a miracle. We didn't even have the money for a U-Haul to move our belongings. So our family and friends helped us to move boxes of our stuff and our furniture and cars and on a flatbed trailer. And we moved. God had answered this, this prayer in a huge miraculous way. Truly God is Jehovah Jireh the provider. He moved in response to our faith in him and us doing what was necessary to resolve the problem. Now, sometimes it doesn't seem so cut and dry. Maybe you're in a painfully hurting marriage or another conflict-ridden relationship with someone. You've prayed. You've fasted. You've asked intercessor prayer warriors to pray about this relationship. You've repented to God of your sins and even to this person, your spouse or that person that you're having trouble in the relationship with. You've asked forgiveness, you walk humbly, and you do everything in your power to walk in love with this person. Yet the marriage or relationship remains irreparably broken. What then? All I can tell you is that if you have faith and believe in God and His eternal word, and you do your best with unconditional love-filled actions, then you let God do the rest. Not every marriage or relationship can be salvaged. The Bible says in Romans 12:18, If it be possible, as far as it depends on you, be at peace with everyone. I'm going to tell you right now, not everyone's going to want to have peace with you. There are some people that seem to thrive off of drama and strife. They get easily offended. They will blame you. They will criticize. They will attack you. They will stir up strife or drama. Sometimes they will even walk away from you or walk out on you. It's beyond your control. You let go. You release that person to God and you move on with your life. You know that God will never abandon you or stop loving you. Deuteronomy 31 6. Now, what about? Faith in times of sickness. Let's transition here. God is Jehovah Rapha, the healer. By Jesus' stripes, we were healed. That's found in Isaiah 53 5. Does God heal everyone? No, not always. And I don't know the reason why. That's an entirely different podcast. Jesus did heal people everywhere he went. And if you pay attention to the scriptures, you will find anytime someone asked Jesus or begged Jesus for mercy, he healed that person. I never find in the scriptures where someone came to him asking to be healed that Jesus said no and turned around and walked off because he is a loving, forgiving, merciful God. It. It is Satan and sin that cause sickness and injury and death in our lives. God created this world and humankind perfect and whole. He did not make Adam and Eve sick when he created them. It was only when the serpent deceived Eve that she ate the forbidden fruit, and that's found in Genesis 3-6, and she shared it with her husband Adam, who knew better. God had told Adam not to eat the forbidden fruit ultimately Adam was the final authority over his family and yet they both tasted the forbidden fruit they both sinned and that sin opened the door for evil in this world and the curse Jesus Christ has redeemed us from that curse with the sacrifice on the cross over 2,000 years ago but we still deal on a daily basis with its ravages We still have to battle against sin and severing, poverty, sickness, and other demonic attacks. We still have to take authority over the enemy and remind him that he has no rights over our life because of our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, the blood of Jesus, and the name of Jesus against which no enemy can stand. Satan will send those flaming arrows. He never gets tired of it. He does it every day against God's people. So we need to keep on the armor of God, Ephesians 6 10, 18, and having done all to stand. Jesus still does miracles and healing today, just as he did in the Bible. And I know this because he has done it in me and my own family. Jesus Christ is the same today, yesterday and forever. That's found in Hebrews 138. God never changes He is always the same. He is the same loving, forgiving God, the healing God today that he was in the Bible. The gifts did not stop. Healing did not stop when Jesus died and went to heaven. It's for today. Many times it is our lack of faith. Now, not always. I don't believe that's always the reason. Sometimes God will heal instantly, just like Jesus healing the blind man. Just like the apostles healing the, man, the lame man at the gate beautiful. Other times, God heals over time. The man who saw men who was blind, who saw men walking around like trees. The woman who was bent over for 18 years. She suffered for 18 years because Satan had afflicted her. That's what Jesus said about her. That Satan was the one who had caused the, this pain in her life. There was a woman with the issue of blood who went to doctor after doctor spending everything she had, all the money she had to find a cure until she saw Jesus and she knew all she had to do was reach out and touch the hem of his garment and she would be healed and her faith healed her. Instantly, power and virtue went out from Jesus into her and she was healed of this issue of blood. At other times, God will heal people in the ultimate way by taking them to heaven where there's no tears, no sorrow, no sickness. People in heaven are perfect and whole and well. They are not sick. And that is something that we can really look forward to. There's complete peace and joy and wholeness and perfection in heaven. Even with our relationships with people, it's something that we can really look forward to that in heaven we're going to experience all that God has for us we're going to have so much joy and yet God wants his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven and that is what we need to pray Jesus told us to pray that your kingdom come our job here on earth is to have faith in Jesus to trust God because he knows best while doing whatever our part is now what is our part our part is faith but it also includes action That includes worshiping and praising God, daily Bible study, praying, walking in obedience to God, doing whatever He tells us to do, forgiving others because the Bible says if you will not forgive someone else, God will not forgive you of your sins, not allowing strife and envy and selfish ambition in your life because that opens a door to every evil demonic thing, including sickness, which is found in James 3.10. Also, you can do practical things to have the best help possible like eating healthy and not junk, not a lot of sugar, not a lot of fatty foods, drinking lots of water, exercising regularly, de-stressing, laughing because laughter, the Bible says, is good medicine, thinking positive, faith-filled thoughts. The Bible says to think on things that are lovely and pure. Even in situations like Hannah, who is barren and that's found in 1 Samuel 2. Hannah wanted a child so bad and she prayed and prayed. She was just so filled with sorrow that God had not given her a child. That was a desire and dream of her heart. Even though she had a husband that loved her so much, it was not enough. Hannah wanted a baby. What Hannah did was pray, but she also went to the temple. She took action. And there at the temple, the priest, Eli, blessed her, and she had her little baby, her promised child from God, the prophet Samuel, who grew up to be a mighty man of God. Nothing is impossible with God, Luke one thirty seven. Jesus is our greatest example of faith and good works. He only spoke and did, and that's a key word, did, what God the Father did. He didn't do anything that God did not authorize. John 5, 19. Jesus suffered to the point of the cross. Jesus didn't just walk around on earth doing miracles and healing people and telling people about God and the good news. Jesus also took the final action, which was die on the cross for our sins. If he had not done that action, you and I would not be saved. He awaited the joy before Him, Hebrews 12, 2, in obedience to His Heavenly Father. Jesus was raised up and glorified because He did what God sent Him to do. He was honored by God. God will do the same for you and me as we walk in simple, childlike faith, trusting Him and taking corresponding action. We must let our light shine before all men, Matthew 5:16 as a testimony to God, sharing our story with other people, what God has done for us in our lives. Faith is simple, but it's not easy. And we might need to say, like the father of the little boy who kept falling into the fire, I believe, Lord help my unbelief. And that's found in Mark nine twenty four. God will help us just where we're at. Even if our faith is small, we can have a mustard seed size faith, but the Bible says with a mustard seed faith, we can command the mountain to move, Matthew seventeen twenty. All you need is a little tiny seed of faith to move the mountains in your life. All you need to do is trust in God and then do what he says to do. While I don't think she's a Christian and I know very little about her, when I go when I googled quotes on faith, I found this one that I really like by Sarah Ban Brethnock. It says, Take a leap of faith and begin this wondrous new year by believing. Believe in yourself and believe that there is a loving source, a sower of dreams, just waiting to be asked to help you make your dreams come true. As Christians, we know that source, of course, is God, the Lord and Messiah, Jesus Christ. I want to pray right now and just uh, thank God for his time here with us today. God, I just thank you for this message of faith and encouragement. God, help us to be people of faith who trust in and believe in you. And then God, help us with boldness and courage and just absolute abandon and surrender to you. Do whatever you've called us to do and and to walk out that faith in a practical way. I just thank you, and I pray that you will bless a listener right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening today. This is Betchens, international speaker and Amazon bestseller author. You can find out more about my women's conference and retreat, speaking at Betchens.net. If you need a speaker for your women's event or you know someone who does, please contact me there at Betchens.net. You can find out my 14 books I've written at my Amazon author page at amazon.com forward slash author forward slash Beth M. Jones. Have a blessed and beautiful day.